Welcome back to Bible Reading Today. Glad you've joined us. We're continuing our study out of the book of Romans on assurance of salvation, and this is lesson 13. Now, if you've been following along with these studies, you'll know that we've been thinking about the Old Testament law's relationship to those who have believed on Christ for salvation. And you may think something like this. Well, this is all very good. I get that I'm no longer under the power of the law to condemn me, but what has that got to do with assurance of salvation? Because I still feel guilt. Aren't you just sneaking in some doctrine under false pretenses? What about my guilt? Well, if you're thinking that, let me assure you that the matter of our being released from the law's power to condemn us is right at the heart of the matter of assurance. And that's because our feelings tell us that we're still under God's condemnation whenever we fall into sin. But as we saw last time, our consciences aren't saying that to us at all when that happens. They're not saying, you are still condemned. But rather, what they are saying is, you're not living as a believer should live. And that is a far different thing. It's the difference between a teacher throwing out a class a student who makes an error or working patiently with the errant student for the sake of correction. Now, in just that same way, we're no longer under God's condemnation when we sin, but we certainly are subject to his correction when we go astray. And that's comforting to know, isn't it? Now, the next question that arises is this. If the law no longer has the power to condemn us, and if the law never actually could save anyone who was trying to keep it, well then, what is the law for anyway? Now that I'm a Christian, do I really need to concern myself with the law at all? Well, the answer to that is in Romans 7, 7. And the word of the Lord says this, What then shall we say? That the law is sin? By no means. Yet if it had not been for the law, I would not have known sin. For I would not have known what it is to covet if the law had not said, You shall not covet. Now here, we're told that there's a proper use for the law, both for believers and for non-believers. The law does invaluable service to everyone by showing us what's really right and what's really wrong. And here, the author of Romans uses the Tenth Commandment to demonstrate this principle. The Tenth Commandment prohibits coveting. And coveting is the one sin listed in the Ten Commandments that can't be observed from the outside. Theft, adultery, murder, neglect of God, idolatry, all of these things can be seen from the outside. But covetousness is entirely an inside job. It's something that happens only in a person's heart. And for that reason, the author illustrates the law's power to reveal sin by using that commandment, because he says, that's the one that found me out. He said, I would not have become aware that I was a sinner if this commandment wouldn't have ratted me out. I never murdered. I didn't tell lies. I never committed adultery. I was a regular attender at temple worship. And so I thought I was doing pretty good until I came across the meaning of commandment number 10. And when that happened, sin came alive and I died. And what he means by that 
is that this commandment showed him that he was a sinner, just like anyone who had done any one of those other things that the law prohibited. And here's the principle. God's law has been given to us to show us that we're sinners. And that's still the use of the law for us as believers. Now, why is this important? Well, for one thing, it's because it is incredibly easy for us to forget that we really are sinners after we've been Christians for a while. It's not unusual for self-righteousness to creep into our thinking after we've been walking with the Lord for several years. Every now and again, we need a reminder, and the law is there to provide that needed jolt to our system. It's rather like getting your lab work done before going to the doctor. You may think that you're doing just fine. You feel good, you look in the mirror, and you see what to your eyes seems to be the picture of health. When we are our own standard, we tend to put ourselves in the best light. But the standard that you really ought to compare to is that of your lab work. That's where the real story gets told. Now, in just that same way, we need the standard of the law to keep us in the right frame of mind about who we really are. Without the law, we tend to become proud. We start thinking that we're not so much in need of Jesus' help anymore as we used to be. And of course, we wouldn't think of ourselves in that naked a term, but these secret attitudes creep into us. No, no. We need our divine lab work to compare ourselves against, and that's the law's purpose in the believer's life. You might say that the purpose of the law is to keep us in humility, so that we'll constantly depend on Christ rather than ourselves. And that is a good thing. Now, there's one more thing we need to notice in chapter 7 of Romans, and that results from the law's work of showing us our weakness. And we'll think together about that next time. In the meantime, glad you've come. We look forward to seeing you again next time. Have a blessed day.